Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. You know, since uh, the very beginning of Springwell, really, since the very first day, one of our dreams has always been to create moments, God-breathed moments, Holy Spirit-breathed, led moments, moments in a service where you, you connect with God, people that are far away from God, people that maybe walk through the doors not even necessarily believing in God, but they connect with God. These, these life-changing, incredible moments Moments are important. In fact, I don't know if I read this or heard this, but another pastor actually said it, but I thought it was awesome. He said that, uh, that life is not measured by time. Life is not measured by time. It's measured in moments. And I think that's true because I rarely remember a whole year. Who am I kidding? I can't remember what happened yesterday. Let's just be honest. And so often, you know, I'll come home and Karen will look at me and say, did you remember to go by the grocery store? Of which I will say, no, I didn't remember. You didn't create a moment <laughs> for me to remember the grocery store. But I'll tell you what I do remember. I can't remember a whole year. I can't remember a whole month. I, I can't remember a whole day. But I do remember these special moments that I believe God creates, these special moments that are forever etched in your mind that you'll never forget, you'll never let go of. For example, I remember waiting on the birth of our grandson, River Scott. River Scott. <laughs> so let me tell you about this picture. This picture, that's Emily. Okay, you will be thankful that she's blocking her, her and she's singing to her sister. I was, I was over to the side, and, and actually I was working on a message and because uh, Katie was in labor for like three weeks. Uh, <laughs> like three weeks. It was a long time. And, and actually the message I was working on, the Lord had t- taken me to Psalm 139. I didn't even see it coming. You're thinking like, well, duh. I didn't see that coming. And so there's Emily, and she's singing. She's singing to her sister, and then I hear the heartbeat of, of River Scott. We hadn't met him yet, but I hear the heartbeat. And then, and then we had the privilege of literally, during that time, listening to a playlist that Emily's husband, Tony, made, especially for Emily. Hours of just listening to, to music, and Emily singing, and Karen singing, and they won't let me sing. But it was this beautiful, incredible moment and, and was, I was so grateful. As I, my, there, my two son-in-laws are there with me, and there's Dylan and there's Tony, and we're just 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 moment that it was so incredible. And then, of course, I remember seeing our grandson for the very first time. He looks just like her. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> you guys come see him. 
He's in Guinness World Book of Records. He's the prettiest baby that's ever been born. <clears throat> just, just so you know. Those are, those are moments um, I'll never forget. God breathed, Holy Spirit anointed moments that are forever etched, not, not just in my mind, but in my heart. But life's not always, uh, these moments aren't always, they come in unexpected ways. Karen and I had the opportunity this year to meet a homeless lady. Now, you can't see the homeless lady, and there's a reason for that, was because we wanted to be very respectful of her. So she is literally seated in her in a red car. And <clears throat> I'd actually seen this lady uh, several times during the week, and, and I wanted to meet her, but she was always at a distance. And I could never, it just never really worked out. And so this was early one morning. In fact, it was not long after sunup. And, uh, and I had the opportunity to meet her, and, and it was, I mean, it was just the most incredible moment. And she never asked for anything. She, she never asked for any money. She, she never asked for prayer. She didn't ask for anything. And so Karen and I, you know, we had, we had to go, and, and I said, you know, well, I've got, somehow I've got to get back. And I didn't have a lot of money with me. I never carry it. So if you think you're going to rob me, you're going to be sorely disappointed, let me just say. You're going to say, you got nothing. You're right. I don't have anything. And so I just so happened I had a little bit of cash. And I'll say a little bit of cash. I mean, for me, it was probably a lot. But I had about $30. And I said, well, I'm going to go back. This lady didn't ask for anything. And I want to go back. We're going to bless this, this homeless lady. So I went back, and, and we, we gave her, you know, the money that we had. And I said, do you mind if I pray for you? Of course, I never told her I was a pastor. Who in the world would? I mean, that's like pouring water on a fire. You don't ever want to tell somebody you're a pastor. That's awful. <laughs> I mean, it really is. You know, people don't know what to say. They're thinking, did I cuss? What have I done? Have I got a beer in my hand? I mean, all that stuff goes through their mind, you know, as you introduce yourself. <clears throat> and I didn't tell her. I just said, man, you mind if I pray for you? And she said, absolutely. And then I prayed for her, and I said, I had my amen, and I started to back up. And she said, whoa, 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 hang on just a minute. <clears throat> and then that, that lady, she prayed for us. She prayed for me. She prayed for Karen. And, folks, I am not kidding you. I really believe I've looked back so many times. I've looked back to that picture, and I've, I've literally wondered if, if we didn't entertain an angel that day. She, she, there was something about that lady. She was the most kind, loving. There was, there, there, there was something around her. And as you looked at her, I mean, you didn't see homelessness. And she didn't see that. And she talked about how blessed she was. And she went on and on and on. And, and when I walked away, I, I said, you know, Lord. And, of course, I know it's hard to believe, but I was crying. <clears throat> I know you're shocked. You're shocked. And, and so I was, I was crying. And my thought was, you know, I thought we were going to come here and I thought we were going to bless her. Lord, she, she blessed us. We were the ones who received the blessing. And I'll never forget that moment. Life is not measured by time. It's measured in moments. And these moments that I believe are God-created, God-breathed, God-given, <clears throat> are moments that I consider to be precious, priceless gifts.
when it comes to looking at the, the life of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, that's really all we have are a few moments. They're snapshots, really. But they measure his life. These moments, these moments. But we'll look at some of those moments in just a minute. He doesn't get a lot of stage time. Joseph doesn't. Mary, she gets all the stage time, right? Mary, she gets all the sermons, and rightfully so. I mean, Mary was the, the earthly mother of Jesus. I mean, she gave birth to the Son of God. I mean, how do you top that, right? Like, you know, who is your son? That's sweet. His name is Charlie. That's a sweet name. I gave birth to the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Gee, what's your son going to do with his life? But, I mean, Joseph was still chosen. He was picked to be the earthly father of Jesus. I mean, there had to be something special. It had to mean something, right? But to be fair, the reason that we don't talk about him a lot, the reason that he's not given a lot of time in messages, really is because there's not just a lot that's written about him. In fact, I'm going to share with you the few things that we know. In fact, it's everything that we know. It's going to be a really short message. We know this. So first, we know he was a carpenter. We know that. Matthew's gospel tells us that. We know that he was a righteous man. We know that, again, according to Matthew's gospel. We know that he was a descendant of David. We know that because of Matthew and Luke. We know that he was, obviously, he was Mary's husband, right? I mean, where would the manger scene be without Mary and Joseph, right? So we know that. Every manger scene paints that picture for us. And we know that he was the earthly father of Jesus. And that's, that's pretty much all we know. In fact, you know what? The last time that, we, that Joseph is mentioned is when Jesus was 12 years of age. And then he kind of disappears from the story. And there's all kind of theories out there. Really, you should Google it just for fun. Because there's all kind of sco uh, stories out there. Most scholars believe that, uh, that he probably died. And they believe that he probably died because they, they, say, they say that surely there's no way that they would have, this marriage, of all the marriages in the world, this marriage would have never ended in divorce. And, you know, we say things like that, right? Because we wouldn't be comfortable thinking that thought, would we? It wouldn't make us feel good. And so there's nothing in Scripture that gives us that as an indication. So most people believe that Joseph, in fact, probably died very early on. Scholars believe that he died early because Jesus stayed at home until he was 30 years old. And it would have been the custom for that day. It would have been a tradition to stay at the house of your mom. If, uh, if she was a widow until you were 30. And so we know that Jesus stayed in the home of his, of his mom. And then there's, of course, at the, at the death of Jesus, at the crucifixion of Jesus, as he hangs on the cross, you know, that he looks down, according to John's gospel, that he looks down and says, John, I mean, could you please take care of mama for me? So obviously Joseph is, is absent. And again, most scholars believe, and I agree, that he probably passed away early. If you look at maybe how old Joseph was, there's some crazy things out there. There's actually a, a, a denomination, if you will, that believes that Joseph was probably 90 years old. That's a little bit freaky if you're just planning to think that out, right? There's another scholar that I really like that, that actually says that there are different Greek words for different stages of childhood. And this particular Greek word that's used probably uh, in this context means that he was somewhere between 20 and 28 years old. Mary? Mary was young. 
Mary was maybe. I always, every time I looked at this, I looked at my notes and I saw this, and then I always smile. Because we don't know how old Mary was, but it's interesting at the number of people over the years that I've read behind in commentaries, they feel better if they say that she's probably maybe 15, maybe 16. The reality is, is that she maybe was as young as 13. And that wouldn't have been unusual for this particular time in history. And she was a virgin who comes to Joseph and she says, I'm pregnant. Now, this is Christmas. You've heard messages like this before, right? It's interesting because I've, I've, I've done a lot of reading. I'm trying to find new things, as much new as I can about Joseph. There's a lot of new things because guess what? There's just not a lot been written. In fact, when I was in seminary, I remember I was going to do a, a paper on Joseph like a 20, 25-page term paper on Joseph. And I remember that my professor just kind of looked at me and smiled. In fact, he kind of smirked. It was kind of a smart aleck look, and I thought, I'll show you. And then I went to the library, and I realized why he smirked. There are no books that have been written. You know why? Because we don't know a lot about him. And so when somebody that I read behind said, he would have been devastated. You think? Of course he would have been devastated. And I don't think that it was that his culture and his time would have made any difference that it would have been in our culture and in our time. Of course he was devastated. And then if you would understand that in first century Jewish engagement culture, this wasn't a proposal for Facebook. It wasn't some kind of Instagram thing. It wasn't just an announcement. It was more than that. It was a legal agreement. It was more than an engagement. It was more than an announcement. Technically, they were married. Technically, they were married. They just weren't allowed to consummate the marriage. That's a funny word, isn't it, consummate? I've often wondered, this is no lie because I think weird thoughts. I've often thought, I bet some pastor somewhere made that word up so that we could use it on Sunday morning and we wouldn't have to use the, X, the S word. Some sex, that's the word. Like y'all looking at me like, S word? What S word would he be talking about? Yeah. So in other words, they were legally married. They just weren't enjoying all the benefits of marriage. What's wrong with y'all? Like God created sex. Yay, God. I think it's one of the best things he ever did. How about you, those of you that are married? This is pitiful. I don't even know where I'm at in the message right now. They found themselves in a difficult place. And if Mary had sex with another man, it would have been a life-changing scandal for Joseph. And I think, again, it wouldn't be any different for to, than today. But they made, what I've read, it's like it would have been bigger for him than it would have been for someone here. Even he would have been disgraced, laughed at, mocked, shunned in his community. I thought, you know, maybe, maybe in our culture we'd use the word bullied. Maybe he would be bullied by his friends, made fun of, laughed at, mocked. 
that he couldn't keep his woman in line, that she stepped out on him. And now maybe, what are you going to do about this kind of thing? I think the same kind of thing would probably happen today as well. And then it was considered to be such a horrible sin that according to Deuteronomy 22, he could have legally had her put to death. And you got to remember, women didn't have a lot of rights back in the day. Not in this particular culture. I read that didn't happen a lot, but it did happen. So Mary needed, well, she needed a miracle. And I guess technically she needed another miracle. I mean, the first miracle is that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, that that was no sexual relationship, that it was birth, it was, it was conceived by the Holy Spirit of God, that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. Wow, that is, is phenomenal. That's incredible, right? But now she needs another miracle. So she could have been literally stoned to death. What was more common is that he would have brought her before the city council. That was more common. Now, they didn't, again, women didn't have rights back in the day, so they would have brought her before the city council, and they would have brought her there so that she could be found guilty and so that he could be pretty much taken off the hook so that somehow through this it wasn't justification but somehow through this particular act <clears throat> that somehow his name would be cleared his, his name would be cleared but she her life would be changed literally her life would be changed forever in fact it was said that maybe she would spend the rest of her life using her body to provide, to support herself, to support her child. And, and the commentaries that I read behind didn't go into a lot of detail there. They didn't say, it's, was it prostitution? Maybe she went into prostitution. Some did, literally had to go into prostitution to support themselves. Or was she just one of those ladies, she didn't have a choice. She had to do what she had to do to support her child. And if you're a mom, you understand that. So Mary and Joseph were in a horrible place. As I thought through it this year, I, I, I thought, I said, I wonder if the thought ever crossed Joseph's mind. Like, God, your timing's a little off here. I mean, really? Like, I mean, if you had, if, if you had done this just a little bit before, before the engagement, like, you know, I would be off the hook. <clears throat> like, really, this isn't fair. Now my name is on the line. My reputation is on the line. Why would you bring me into this? And I literally got this from somewhere. For Joseph, the woman of his dreams, had apparently betrayed him. And I think, once again, we're not comfortable. And so sometimes I think we make stuff up. This, this would have been a marriage that would have been... A, prearranged we don't know that they were head over heels in love with each other which I think makes a bigger difference when you look at how Joseph responds maybe they were in love maybe it was the woman of his dreams maybe so maybe God planted that that love in his heart but we don't know that we don't know that they dated for a number of years we don't have any idea about that it just feels good to say it 
quite honestly. So his actions could ruin her life forever. So what's he going to do? Well, according to Matthew 1, verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, a righteous man, and that word righteous has always kind of tripped me up. And so I've done a lot of research over the years to find out what the word righteous means. It means, yeah, it pretty much means, it pretty much means righteous. It means pure. But it means more than that. It means that he didn't just, you know, like follow the law so that he could check a box, I'm a righteous man, so that he could be pious and proud, so that he could tell everybody, look at me, look at how good I am. But when you study the word, when you look at the context, and when you look at how he responds, this was a man who had a passion for God. He had a passion in his relationship with God. He wanted to please God with his life. He was a righteous man. Not perfect. But he was in the hunt. Joseph was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So she got another miracle, in my humble opinion. He didn't want to disgrace her. See, this, this is not about religion. This is not about law. This is about a man who had the law in his favor to say, I literally could have her stoned to death. Could you imagine how angry, angry somebody would be in his situation? Anybody else maybe in his situation? Could you imagine the anger? Could you imagine maybe what his friends might say? And then to say, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to make sure that I get this marriage annulled. I'm going to take it to the city council. He didn't do any of those things. It says that he had in his heart... He had a relationship with God. And he's overflowing somehow in the most ludicrous of all situations. He has compassion. I know we're in church and it's Sunday morning, but really put yourself in the context. So he had it in his mind to give her the gift of grace. Wow. So he thought about breaking the engagement, or in our culture, he thought about divorcing her quietly. But in Matthew 1, it says this. It says, but after he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Don't. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and he had no idea that maybe the lowest moment in his life would become his greatest moment. Wow. Somebody needs to hear that. That your lowest moment may, may be your greatest moment. That maybe in a moment that you don't understand, that maybe in a moment that doesn't seem fair, maybe in a moment that you didn't bargain for, you didn't ask for, and yet God shows up and does some of the most amazing things. When I look back, at my life, it was at my lowest point. Sometimes, if I'm just going to be honest with you, when I, there were periods of times when I would be angry at God because of what he was doing. I would say, this is not fair. I've given my life to serve you. I mean, like, where are you? How come you aren't showing up? The death that, have, that I've experienced in my life that I did not think was fair at the time. And I look back and I realize that God showed up in some of those low moments of my life and he used those low moments in my life to shape me, to make me, 
And before we look at what Joseph did, I just want you to notice what he didn't do. The angel said, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. And, and he, Joseph wasn't thinking about himself. He didn't put himself first. It wasn't his reputation first. He put her reputation first. He didn't try to explain the dream. I would have done this. I definitely would have done this. If I'd have had some dream, I'd have woke up the next morning and said, that must have been pizza I had last night before I went to bed. I mean, really? You know what I'm saying? I mean, this, what did I eat that would cause me to dream? And you know what? I saw that thing. There was that movie. There was that something. I would have tried to explain maybe the dream away. He didn't argue with God. I would have argued with God. I, just, I know me. He knows me. We ha I have argued with God. I'd have said, wait, wait just a stinking minute. You want me to trust some dream? There's got to be more. In fact, then I would have put out a fleece. If you've been in church, you know what that means, right? If you're not, you can't. A fleece, what does fleece have to do with? Well, just, well, that's another message for another time. But I would have said, God, this is really cool. Like a dream was sweet. But could you do it again? Like, could I have another dream? This one maybe a little clearer, maybe in color. I don't know. Could you maybe show up? Could there be maybe some angels with signs that say, take her to be your wife? I mean, something, tattoos on their arms, something. Could you give me something else? But he doesn't argue with God. He doesn't try to, he doesn't try to put it off. He, he just accepts it. He gives her the gift of grace. It's crazy. He didn't fight back. He didn't ask for more details. If it had been my wife, she would literally have said to God, God, that's cool, but I'm going to have to have some details. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to need some details. We're going to have to have a little bit more than what you've just given me. Don't you think that's fair? Verse 24 says, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. He had compassion and he acted on that compassion and gave the gift of grace. And he did it immediately. I'm slow. I don't make quick, rash decisions. A friend of mine reminded me of that this week. He said, if anybody ever says you have a knee-jerk reaction and you make a decision, he said, you ought to tell them to come see me because I know better. You, like, pray way too long. <laughs> you, know, like, you pray, and you, and God, please show up. Give me wisdom. Tell me what to do. And that is true. And I usually am slow. And when I make a decision, I'm usually pretty confident that I did the right thing. And I hope that that will always be said of me, that I was obedient just like him. He was obedient. And he was obedient immediately. I don't do the immediate quite so well. See, Joseph understood something that I think we need to understand, and that is simply this, is that you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. You don't need every single detail. Can somebody please tell Karen that? If you see her after the service, you go to pick up your kids, say, hey, the Holy Spirit said, don't say I said it. Don't say Scott said. Just say the Holy Spirit said you don't have to have all the details. That would be awesome if you'd do that. You don't need to know where God's going in the end if you know that you had your beginning with him. And he didn't have the details. He didn't know that when she was literally nine months pregnant, there would be this census that would come out and that he would have to literally go 100 miles 
She's nine months pregnant. Again, he had to say, hello. She's nine months pregnant. You want me to put her on the back of a donkey? We don't know that it was a donkey, but that's what all the pictures are, right? And it's such a sweet picture, don't you? Right? She's, there they are, the two of them, going across the desert. There's always a big, beautiful, you know, blue moon, right? It's always a, and I'm thinking, that was not a good moment. A hormone, hormone woman, nine months pregnant on the back of a donkey. That couldn't have been a good thing. I wonder how many times she says, are we there yet? I mean, you know, it's, this is, this is, this is going to be painful. He didn't have any idea that his child, the son of God, the savior of the world, he nor Mary, either one knew that the son of God, the savior of the world, the king of kings would be born beside farm animals. They didn't know that. They didn't know that a king would be so threatened by a baby being born. And the prophecy of his kingship, that that king would declare that all baby boys under the age of two be put to death. Could you imagine what that would be like as a parent? family members that you know, people that you are friends with, friends that you're all about the same age and you're having children together and all of a sudden you hear of all these babies that are literally being put to death and you know that the cause of that is your son. You're the reason. He's the reason that so many people are grieving and have to be asking God, why? How can this be fair? Joseph literally had the weight of raising the Son of God without knowing any of the details. All of that on his shoulders. But he obeyed immediately. Well, if I've learned anything in my life, it's God's going to show up in your life. And and let me just say this. It's going to be in the most inopportune times, okay? God doesn't, I don't know. I've been telling him for years, really. And he's going to show up and he's going to ask that you do something. Do something. It may be to give something. I, it may be to, you know, a, a relationship that needs to end. I don't know what it might be. But I promise you this. God's going to show up and he's going to challenge you. He's always challenged Karen to give when we didn't have the money to give. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. We had been out of seminary. I was the pastor of another church. And, and we had a little money left over at the end of the month. That was a shocker. And so we decided, what are we going to do? And we had a long list of bills that we had to pay. And we decided that we we're going to take this little bit of money and we we're going to put it toward that bill. We prayed about it. We felt good about it. It sounded like that was the reasonable, logical thing to do. And my wife is reasonable and logical. And I was walking across to the, the, the parking lot to, to go to the church. I lived across the street from the church. And I was walking across the parking lot. So I'm walking toward the office. I looked, and there sat our, our little youth minister. He had a little truck, and, and the tires on his truck were just as slick as they could be. And I remember thinking, he needs new tires. Gee, we need to buy him some tires. I knew that church had lots of money. And I said, God, the church is going to buy him tires. And you know what the Lord said? No, you're going to buy him those tires. I said, well, you're a day late literally and a dollar short. You should have told me last Friday before Karen sent the check off. We're broke. We don't have it. Yeah, you do. 
What's he going to ask from you? So do you obey or do you not obey? <laughs> I don't know if this is, I, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'll say it anyway because it's the truth and you probably already figured that out about me. I've obeyed sometimes. I wasn't necessarily crazy about it. Can I just say, I said, Lord, I'm going to do it. I ain't thrilled. In fact, I've already argued with you, but it doesn't look like you're going to change your mind. And I do just want to be obedient. I do trust you. I don't always like you. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. That sounded terrible, didn't it? But isn't that where we live sometimes? Do you obey or do you not obey? So Joseph didn't have all the details, and he did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. And the angel continued and said, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her is was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus, and he's going to save his people from their sins. Life is not measured by time. It's measured in moments, precious, precious moments that God shows up in your life, these moments that, that you'll never be able to forget, not just with your head but your heart. That God is doing the most incredible, sweet thing. Things that you may not understand in the moment. So what are you going to do? I wonder how many of you this morning would say, you know, God, God help me. I want to I have that compassion. Lord, I, I want to, I do want to do what you want me to do. And I didn't say it'd be easy. Man, Joseph makes it look so easy. He really does. And the only way that I think that we can come to that conclusion that it looks easy is to know that his relationship with God was so incredibly close that he wanted to please him so much that he said, it doesn't matter. I don't know that he liked it. Maybe he was head over heels in love with Mary. Maybe he was. It could have been, it should have been, it probably was a prearranged marriage. I don't know if that's the case. And I haven't read a single commentary. I don't know of any Greek word that seems to point to that. It's just that he had compassion out of his, out of the overflow of his relationship with God. Isn't that what you want? Sometimes I'm up here, I get frustrated with myself. I try, I'm wanting to say something, I can't quite get it out, you know, and it's like going back to that song earlier. We were, we were in this moment. I, I wanted you to experience God in the moment. That's life-changing. It's life-changing. I don't want to give you a dose of religion. I don't want to preach that kind of... Okay, words are going through my head. Junk. Religion put Jesus on the cross of an overflow of the love that you have for God, even when you don't understand, you're willing to say, it's okay. Wherever you lead, I'll go. Whatever you want, I'll do. Some of you here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus, and really what you need is the gift of compassion. What you need is the grace of God. That's why you're here. That's why you showed up. 
you're looking for something something to fill the void the emptiness inside that gnawing that living without a purpose you know what it's like to live for self and you've already drawn the conclusion obviously this is not the way life was meant to be so here this morning what I want you to know is God's absolutely positively crazy about you and he proved it that's why he sent Jesus and Jesus is absolutely crazy about you you know how I know because he was obedient to his father and his, the purpose of coming to earth was to ultimately go to the cross and on the cross die one of the most hideous deaths that you could imagine to display his love incredible amount of love to die naked on a cross to say I love you somebody had to make this relationship possible so I'm paying the ultimate price just so that I could be in a relationship with you have mercy How, why would you say no to a God that gracious and kind that loving so if you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to be every head is bowed and every eyes closed no one's looking around maybe you'd pray a prayer or something like this maybe Maybe you'd start off by saying, wow. Wow. God, I had no idea. I didn't understand it. But now I do. And why I don't understand it all? I do get your love. At least as much as I can at this stage of my life. I need you in my life. I want you in my life. So I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. And to the best of my ability, I'm just surrendering my life to you. I, I want to I be like Joseph. I, I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to be ready to obey whenever you tell me to obey. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Lord, you are amazing. That is to say the very least. You're incredible. Thank you, Lord, that you allow us at this church to experience what we get to experience. I never, ever, ever, ever take it for granted. We love you. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.